0: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thank you. Is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome
3: to a very special episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agent. I'm David Moore and I'm joined this evening by Andrew.
4: Goodbye, Dave, mate.
3: All good. And also Tom. Evening, Dave. How are you doing? Very well. I'm delighted to say we're also joined on the show this evening by a very special guest. Our guest worked at Newport County and Worcester City, before taking up his role at the Sky Blues. He took up his role at 2017. It was a very turbulent time at the club. Under his leadership, the club have bounced back to the championship. With lots of restructuring behind the scenes, I'm of course talking about CCFC Chief Executive Dave Boddy. Evening, Dave. Evening, guys. Thanks ever so much for coming on, Dave, and uh, obviously taking some of your valuable time out to, to come and speak to us.
1: No, it's my pleasure. I'm always uh, uh, glad to support uh, any, anything that
3: supports the club. Yeah, brilliant. And um, as, as is usual with a lot of our podcasts and um, our followers will be you know, used to this, we try to kick off and, and give people a bit of a background about perhaps before your time at Coventry. Um, so it was all to sort of find out, first of all, have you always been involved in football? And, and sort of, if not, what did you do before?
1: Yeah, I've been very, very fortunate. I've worked virtually all of my uh, working life in professional sports—not not always football, but to, um, but certainly sports. So I've been very lucky. Um, when I uh, when I left school, when I when I did my A levels, I was, I was wanting to be a PE teacher, but uh, um, j- during the sort of uh, run up to the 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 exams um, in sort of March, April of that, of that year. There in the uh, sports Argus, which was the which was the pink paper in Birmingham, pink sports in Birmingham, um, for a, a position of commercial manager of Bromsgrove Rovers Football Club. So, I applied for it, and at the uh, age of eighteen, I got it. So, uh, um, I didn't go off to uh, to university to do uh, a teaching degree. I, um, I I started my career as, as a commercial manager say at say Bromsgrove Rovers, who were um, in the Southern League at that time, and. Uh, but um, that, that's that got me into the, the into the profession really. Um, I'd always, you know, I played a lot of f- football and cricket uh, at school. I played um, sort of reasonable level of football um, at school. I sort of got to uh, sort of county level, um, okay. um, and and likewise cricket. I, I played a lot, a lot of junior cricket, and so. I, I, Ola or a batsman, Dave? Wicketkeeper, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah I kept with um, bit a bit of a batsman yeah I played for a team called pershaw um who at the time well yeah a really were a really strong club side and um yeah, so that, that's how I got into it. I, I, I left um, I left Bromsgrove after about a year, and, and then spent three years with Worcestershire County Cricket Club. Um, I, in both roles, really, I was I was basically running lotteries um, lotteries in the eight in the late seventies and early eighties were, you know, a major fundraiser for lots of sports clubs, and so that was yeah, of course, really. And, uh, and from then there, I. I, I Went to another local club, Eversham United, and and started my own business. um, Whilst there, so uh, I um, I ran a company called Sports Lines, and I'm not sure whether you guys will be old enough to remember Club Call. Um, Club Call was basically a telephone information service. Yes, yeah. Into pre pre internet sadly, yeah. (laughs) Sadly, (laughs) I remember it (laughs) pre internet. So, uh, uh, a long story short, my my business basically um rivaled club call um okay. it was a niche market I, mean, I had a niche market with non-league football clubs and other sports speedway um ice hockey all sorts of sports and and uh, club call decided that they wanted to buy me uh, buy me up so they bought my business and i went to work for them for um nearly 10 years fantastic so that, that's sort of a bit a bit of my background that, and that uh, that was the point i joined was city football club
3: yeah so, brilliant we're well, going to come on to that actually because yeah you you're at you're at chairman at at Worcester City and um, I suppose it'd be interesting to find out about your time there and and perhaps how it differed from your role um, at the Sky Blues.
1: Yeah, I suppose in essence, uh, I joined the club as a director in, uh, I think it was the year 2000, Um, in in essence, albeit the the levels are completely different uh, and the the, the financial numbers that you're dealing with were are different, but but the principles were all very similar. Um, you know, you know, the, 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 it's not it's not rocket science running a football club. It, it, you know, the, the methods, whatever level, that don't really change. So uh, um, I started as a director, and uh, um, the, the, the the chairman who, who was uh, had been chairman for quite some time decided that he was going to stand down, and uh, they asked me to replace him. So uh, um, I, I think the, the the issues that we had at Worcester. Uh, I was a director for nearly 10 years and I'd like to think although some of the supporters might not think this but for a large period at that time you know, I did a really good job and I was really popular but the, 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 the problem that I faced at Worcester City was um, that, that they were trying to build a new stadium when I joined the club and um, I, I had to pick that mantle up I didn't really join you know, I hadn't got uh, a lot of experience uh, or any experience in building stadiums, I really joined the sure. to, to try and help them run it. But uh, um, and we got to a point in, in just before the the banking crash in two thousand and seven, where where there was just a moment in time where if the stars had aligned, we, we could have delivered it. But uh, sadly, we didn't get the support we required from. Uh, um, was the city council and they 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 failed to uh, deliver a plan application on the existing ground but that, that, uh, in pre-application they had indicated they would do and um, it's it sort of collapsed from there and uh, the rest as I say is history.
2: And in the intro there David mentioned obviously you took the role at CCFC in, in 2017 um, how did that sort of come about how did you hear about the role and end up at Coventry City?
1: Well I joined uh, I applied the, the, the job was advertised for commercial director at the back end of two, 2016 um, which was obviously the relegation season um, obviously Tony Mowbray had started the season as manager and uh, um, taken over as a caretaker for for a period of time and and, and mark was um, reverting back to sort of running the club. Um, I think his title was actually sporting director but he, he was effectively um, doing the role that, that I'm doing now and that they were he was looking to uh, obviously uh, improve the commercial side they advertised for the position and uh, I applied for it and uh, unfortunately I got it so that's how, that's how i uh, how I started with the um, I, I accepted the position just after I think or well, was given and offered and accepted the position just after Christmas, just after Russell Slade had taken over.
4: Mm.
1: At, at that moment in time, you know, when I took the job, I firmly believed that uh, we could get out, out out of the predicament that we were in. Um, I think I came to watch a game, uh, the, the New Year's Day game against Bolton Wanderers. Yeah. Which was a draw, and they, they they were. I think they got promoted that season. And, and, yeah, last minute winner, I think that one. Yeah, yeah. That. And and we got we. Got, I think I think we got points so either one each or two each. Can't remember. Was it. Last it. minute equaliser. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, and but but I thought that you know we what well, team we got enough to get out of it. But uh, obviously the the next uh, month or six weeks, as soon as I got in post, you know, it became very clear very quickly that uh, you know we, we weren't going to get out of it. And, uh, um obviously uh, at the end of my first month in, in the end of that March that Russell Slade was, was sacked and uh, we were we, at that point we were, we were virtually relegated
2: yeah yeah as you say you know we were in a predicament it was obviously a very difficult time for the club um, when you came into the role what were sort of your top priorities in, in those initial sort of few weeks and months well obviously my, my remit was to uh develop the
1: commercial side, but it was very, very difficult to do so on the backdrop of the, um, you yeah, know, the failures on the pitch. Uh, yeah. That was also um, surrounded by, um, you know, obviously there were fan protests. I don't know if you remember uh, one of my first games, there, there were um, tennis balls thrown onto the pitch. Yeah. Game, um, mm-hmm. Later in the season, there were the pink flying pigs against Cheltenham Athletic. Um, so, against that backdrop, obviously there was a you know you know a fairly strong movement against the ownership at, at the time. Um, and it was very very difficult, and I, I, you know very quickly I, I, I struggled to you know understand how it could probably possibly make an impact join the, under those conditions. So, uh, um, you know, it, it moved on and and. and you know, after the, uh, you know, after, well, just before the Checker Trade final, Mark Venus resigned and, um, and I applied for and successfully got the, the position of Chief Executive. So that, that sort of, uh, you know, changed the parameters, really.
2: Yeah.
4: A lot of people talk about, Dave, the Checker Trade uh, final as a big turning point in the recent club's history. Um, do you agree with that, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would 100% agree with that. Um, I mean, uh,
1: speaking to people at the time, you know, there were there were uh, people that you know I've never been to Wembley with Coventry City mm. in the sort of late twenties, early thirties. You know, that didn't see the FA Cup final in '87. Um, that there were there were fathers that had got young kids that, that had been to to the '87 Cup final but hadn't seen much success or. Mm. Cup success since that point so uh, yeah I mean 46,000 people turned out and that, that was a real, real eye opener to me um, uh, you know I just I knew it was a big club when I came here you know, you, you know I'd, I'd grown up with, with Coventry in the first division and the, and the premiership and so I'd been to Highfield Road and, and the Rico before so I, I was aware it was a big club but I don't think I'd just realised quite how big it was until um, until until the Wembley game in the first day the tickets went on sale um, we sold them out at Butts Park Arena and obviously online and when we sold 19,000 tickets in the first day and that was just it was just mm-hmm. awesome. phenomenal um, mm-hmm. and at that point you, you know you, you've got a big club and yeah. I think it made me even more determined to try and help the club to get back to its, its former glories. really Yeah so definitely it was a it was the, the, the check trade and, and winning the game winning the game was really a bonus because um, as I said, you know, under Russell Slade, that the six weeks that I watched under Russell Slade was the probably the worst football that I've seen pro rata to the level anywhere I've been in my career. It was just what mm-hmm. I was watching; it was just, you know, it was it was unbearable at times. You know, I felt for the supporters. So uh, obviously, um, Mark came in just prior to the final, and. Uh, mm. Um, you know, managed to uh, to get us in a position to win the game, which which was was brilliant for the supporters. And you know, you know, Wem- Wembley in, in cup finals is a day out. You you, you for, for supporters, you want your day out, but you know, it's always nice to, to to come home with the trophy, isn't it? So uh, uh, it was just an excellent day, and I I, I think that was the start of the turn for us
4: yeah I totally agree with that. It was a great day in the sun um How important was um mark Robin's appointment for for the club bouncing back? do you think
1: I think it was absolutely vital you know i mean what what mark's done you know goes without saying it's unprecedented, isn't it you know hes mm. he's um he's had three trophies um you know and dare I compare him with 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 obviously jimmy Hill's record but i would I would think he won't be far off um the most successful manager the club's ever had um i don't know how how you measure that by the way that's that's yeah that's uh, yeah, that's an argument isn't it that it's, one <laughs> it's a matter of opinion isn't it but, but yeah it certainly, is. um the club was at a pretty low ebb when he took over it was yeah. uh, in every respect on, on, on the, the squad was was poor there's no other word for it um recruitment hadn't worked the previous summer um and i think Mark knew that you know, Mark was you know realistic enough to, to know that when he came in, he wasn't going to save us. We were going down with with, with the you know, the amount of games that we had left, and or, albeit he did well, I think he won four games out of his last Ooh. eight or nine. Um, just you know makes you wonder if he'd have been appointed a few weeks earlier or, or even when Russell um, took the job in at Christmas, whether he'd have managed to keep us in the division. But, uh, um, yeah, I know it's a painful. Experience going down but i I think we absolutely had to build rebuild the club from from top to bottom at that point so um you know we were at a rock bottom and, the, and the, really the only way we'll, was up from there and, and that's been the way ever since
3: yeah exactly it's always tough isn't it getting relegated and it's I suppose it's how you react to that and it was really important I think to to bounce back from from that league to what what was it that perhaps you you were involved with to to support Mark in in helping that happen?
1: Well, I think uh, it, that was on the backdrop that we were obviously having to make um, lots of cuts here to to, of to 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 live with the cost of uh, um, uh, the the cost or, or the the price of League Two football, if you like. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, w- we were trying to, I was trying to balance, you know, making cutbacks hit at Brighton. Um, against trying to put a a, a side out on the part that would bounce back. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't take the credit for it, but uh, as I said earlier, Mark, um, you know, the recruitment hadn't been great the previous summer. Um, And, you know, I think Mark, when when he came into the club, he he told Joy uh, uh, and the ownership that, uh, you know, he he wanted a full-time recruitment department. Yeah. And we appointed uh, Tommy Woodrington and um, Sir Bentham in, into those roles. Um, I, I wasn't responsible for that. They, they they were in post when I actually took over uh, as CEO. But sure. between myself and, and, and Mark, we we nurtured the way forward. And I, and I think that we, you know, it was a massive, massive re- clear out and rebuilding job. Um, yeah. We signed something like twelve players that summer. Uh, and I think the key, uh, the key. Tommy Woodrington had been around sort of League Two before. He was, you know, he knew, he knew his way around League Two. Stuart Bentham was an experienced recruiter as well.
3: Yeah, of course.
1: So I think that the, 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 you know the plan was that we had to recruit players that were were basically experienced in League Two players. Um, you know, and, and, and I think we got the recruitment. You know, pretty well spot on. You know, people like Rod McDonald, Tom Davis, um, Peter Vincenti, who'd who all played a lot of football in the League Two, knew what it was about, and they built yeah. their relative successes at the relative clubs. And, and I think the two, obviously, the two key signings amongst the, the dozen or so players that we signed were, were obviously the return of Michael Doyle, yeah, um, you know, who, who basically you know led from the front and led us, you know, on the pitch to the promotion. Uh, and obviously the signing of Mark McNulty, they they, they were the two on top of the uh, on top of the people that that, that that's experienced at the level. And to be fair, that, yeah. you know, albeit he obviously played with the club before and played at much higher level, his previous experience was at Portsmouth, um, where he just captained them to promotion. Um, so uh, you know, we, we recruited a group that that were probably just for that season to get us out at the first attempt. And yeah. I- most of the way through that season, both myself and Mark um, thought that we were going to struggle to go up automatically. And, you know, from quite an early stage, you know, whilst automatic would have been ideal, um, I think we always felt that the playoffs was the the route that we were going to go up through. And, you know, as, you know, I think we formed just at the right time, didn't we? We, Yeah. we found the, the the right sort of momentum in sort of begin, early April. I think we had that horrible um, hammering against um, Yeovil at home on uh, on I think it was Easter Monday, uh, and from that, yeah, point, that we look we looked back it, you know everything seemed to click and uh, you know we clicked just at the right time for the playoffs. And
3: traction wasn't it?
1: it really traction for the too. playoffs, and, that, and then obviously. Uh, um went into the two knots county games um we were flying and uh, and um whilst you know i think we you know maybe had a bit a little bit of lady luck the legs you know there's now that that you know the second leg at um at Meadow lane which by the way still remains my Favorite moment in my Sky Blue's career, career I, You know that that night was just something to behold. You know, albeit we had a little bit of luck with the, our refereeing decision. You know, we were, were awesome on the night and it was electric, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know the the four and a half thousand that Sky Blue army on the on the far side from where I was sat. You know, it was that that was a real picture and the noise that that. that you know the funds generated, as they always do uh, away from home, was just brilliant. It was just, uh, I, still, I think, it still remains my favourite night.
3: Yeah, I think there'd be a lot of Sky Blues fans that would uh, agree with you there um, on that, Dave. And obviously, it was a roller coaster, and we we eventually uh, cracked it, and uh, we 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 got it, went up. And of course, then there was there was further investment in League One, and you mentioned there about the, the League Two and building a squad that had to be able to you know go up and. But in League One, there was a strong squad building. Do you think there was more focus on a football side than perhaps there had been in recent years, and we've seen that style
1: develop? Um, I I don't know. It's difficult for me to say because obviously I hadn't been here previously. Are you are you meaning from? The owners, or what? What, what's, what? Well, just
3: just in terms of the 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 squad building to build for for League One. Obviously, it's always going to be difficult to make that jump up from League Two to League One. But there was there was you know further investment in sort of the the playing side of things, and and also the football, the style that that Mark brought.
1: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um also at the back end, you know, during the period of time we just talked about, but just before the Arts County game obviously Tommy Wooderton um, decided that his future lay elsewhere at Bristol Rovers. So that was quite an upheaval at a crucial time because of course, recruitment, you know, you do, you work for your recruitment long, long before you actually make the sign-ins. Um, so Chris, Chris Padman was brought in during that period of time and, uh, obviously prior to Wembley we didn't know whether we'd be playing in League Two or League One so you've got to you've got to be you know preparing for both as was Tommy when he was in situ um, but uh, no I think I think we were fortunate to, uh, that um, obviously we, 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 we sold Mark McNulty to Reading um, for a substantial fee yeah. uh, and, and the beauty of the deal from my point of view was that we got the vast majority of that for, uh, money up front and um, the you know the owners allowed us to to reinvest some of it. Obviously, I think we'd, we'd, we paid money um, during that um, that August window for players for the first time for quite a long time. Sure. We first of all we signed uh, um, Bakioko from Walsall um, and we'd always uh, Connor Chapin had always been our number one target as a striker all the way through the process. When Tommy Richardson was the place, Connor was the player that we wanted. Um, when Chris came in, um, Chris was you know really hot on Con- on Connor as well. Mark Mark Roberts, so he he'd been the number one target. And then when at the very very back end uh, of that window, you know I think we it almost happened in the last week of August. Um, he be- he became available, and we we'd been trying for for probably six to eight weeks. We'd made offers. And wow. Yeah, um, uh, it became available, and uh, and we did the deal, and uh, you know, um, but the deal was done, you know, uh, over a period of time, which allowed us to cash flow, and uh, you know, I think we we that's probably the, the investment they should sort of refer to, really. But uh, yeah, of course, uh, uh, along again, I think we brought another sort of, oh man, I think we brought in an window as well. So you know, we knew that the, the players that had got us out of League Two. We're only a short-term fix to get us back into League One, and we we would have to go again, and and we did. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think I think when you start when you get onto a role and, and start winning, confidence grows. Of course, not, not just it, 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 throughout the club, you know, it, 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 it grows in the dressing room, it grows within the management. Um, I think it grows from within the ownership as well. That, that, that I think. Um, Joy and Sisu could see what Mark and supported by myself were about, and, and yeah. she, was, she was happy with the way it was going, and, and, and she was happy to support what we we're doing. And you know, um, has all the way through this journey, you know, there's been absolutely no interference from from, from them. They they have let us run the club, you know how we believe it should be run, you know, and between myself. And Mark, we, we make all of the sort of day-to-day decisions. And and I suppose you stand off all by that. But so far, it's, uh, you know, I, I'd like to well. more yeah. decision right than we got wrong. And, and um, you know, it's obviously got us to where we are today.
2: Mm. And obviously, we had that season in League One, um, which felt like a bit of a sort of consolidation season, really. Obviously, we finished eighth. Um, and then it felt like we we had a really good um, window in 29th summer of 2019. A lot of fans regard it as, you know, the best recruitment we've done probably for a long, long time. Um, obviously, Chris Padlin was, was heavily involved in that. What do you think went so well in that in that kind of transfer window?
1: Well, I think, you know, as I said before, the target, you, you get your targets early. So, you know, as of today, we are, you know, the, the recruitment departments are, are, are working towards more- next summer's recruitment and again that's very difficult because every, yeah. every year we've not known what, which division we're going to be in and please don't tell that as a negative comment but obviously there's still a chance that we might not retain our championship status we, we, we are all committed and convinced we will but you have to have one eye again if we don't um, so so you're looking at all, all aspects of where you might be recruiting for um, and the way the process works is that Mark identifies one, the way he wants to play, and we've you know, we've established over you know, the, the last couple of years the style of football that we play. And you know, I, I'm sure that most fans will agree it's you know it's been pretty good to watch the last sort of 18 months. And um, then at that point he he, he highlights the positions that he, he needs and wants to improve in, and uh, uh, and the type of player that he wants to fill those positions. And then it's over to Chris to uh, to go away and uh, and work on. Uh, Know, potential recruitments, and uh, you know, the, 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 you know, he doesn't come back with, with one or, or two. You know, we have a hit list in every position, um, based on you know, probably the best desire that, that in a perfect world with 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 you know, unlimited cash down to um, free char- transfers and, and and sort of cheaper players and younger players in each position, really. So then, you know, an assessments made by Mark as to which. You know which way he wants to go with that particular position, and then obviously we make assessment on, on how we spend the money across across the budget, really. Mm. So uh, yeah, it, it was it was a good it was it was a good window. There's no you know, there's no doubt about it, and I think that we all felt that we had a very on the back of you know the the, the 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 first consolidation season, as you call it. You know, the second half of that season went went particularly well. If you remember, Bright came in and and, and we we were. Uh, yeah, we did. You know, we we looked a far better side the second half of the consolidation season, and I think there was a genuine feeling in the camp that if we got the recruitment right um, during that summer, then we we would have a, a good chance of, uh, at the very least, making the playoffs. Which, mm. uh, as you know, as we all know now, it, it was a bit better than that, wasn't it?
4: Mm,
2: just a little bit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. And the title-winning season was obviously amazing for us fans, Dave. Um, well, firstly, what were your personal highlights, and then secondly, uh, when did you get the feeling we were going to get promoted and and and, and win the league? Um, personal highlights, there, there were
1: lots, weren't there? You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think I got the, the sense shortly after Christmas that it was going to be. A, you know, I, I knew you know just after Christmas that we would definitely make the playoffs and I had it in my mind that, that you know we really had to push um for uh, you know to, to, to for the championship I think the port the Portsmouth victory at home the, the the late 1-0 victory over Pompey yeah was the moment that, that I knew that we were going to win the league um and I, and I think that came from you know the we we were just on a roll weren't we the last the last nine league games the last season before it was curtailed we won eight and drew one and you know we just had we were keeping clean sheets um and you know we were just nicking the goal you know obviously matty godden was was on fire wasn't he and mm. and you know we kept winning games one nil and two one you know the old one nil to the arsenals um, was very appropriate yeah. to us. We, we were masters at it, you know. The game, the last game at Ipswich, you know, you talk about highlights. Um, I think the two away games at Ipswich were, were, were pretty special. That um, to go there and win the FA Cup replay um, yeah. midweek, uh, and I got to say, I don't know we if blew you, them
4: away, didn't we? That day, we battered
1: them. You know, yeah. it's a favourite expression of mine. Yeah. Certainly, the first half, we battered them. um and and it could have been more comfortable on two 0 at half time. Um Shippers had, had an outstanding game that night and I think Sam Callum had a great game. And um yeah, they got one back and we had a nervy nervy five minutes at the end, but uh, that and then, then to go the the last game and we did a similar job on them. So uh, um I think they were they were two highlights, but uh, the the fact that we were on that role uh, after Christmas and you know there there wasn't any stopping us. Um, I think the only thing that was going to stop us was, was COVID. Um, I've got absolutely no doubt that uh, had we continued to play the season um, and COVID hadn't come, we we would have won the league. It's just to to me, we'll never know by how many points it would have been because. Uh, I think we were, I think we were certainly. I think we we're five points clear of the in a promotion spot with the game in hand. Won't be when the season was curtailed. So yeah,
4: um,
1: yeah, I, I, I have no doubts in my mind that, that had the season finished, we'd have won it.
4: A hundred percent. And I think if you speak to any chairman or owner of the other clubs down the? Uh, down the uh, League One, and they had no problem with us going up. Did they through the uh, points you're the actually, game system?
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely spot on there because everywhere we went, and it happened all the way through the season, not just at the end. Mm. Of the season, everywhere we went, even in the first half of the season when we were, you know, dropping points, there was, I think we considered a very lucky equaliser at e, Peterborough. Um, yeah, I was there that game. Yeah, and we should have won. <laughs> yeah. um uh, you know, the, the Oxford United game went a similar way, didn't it? Uh, away from yeah. Um, but everywhere we went people said you're the best team in the league um, and, and that's no consolation when you're dropping drop points that you probably sh- shouldn't have done at the time um, but it was a coincidence that everywhere we went the other clubs told us that um, certainly when it came to um, the points per game conclusion uh, I think everybody in the league was gracious enough to say that we deserve the, to win the league. So you know that, that makes it to um, yeah. Well, it, that, 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 that's the way it was.
4: Yeah. And how was your nerve, um, your nerves when when waiting for the news uh, after lockdown?
1: It, yeah, I wouldn't say I wasn't say I was nervous because I, again, I had this belief at the beginning of the lockdown that that was would be the only mm. conclusion. Um We. Very much kept her own council, you know, because we were sat in pole position. Um, the EFL had um, a teams meeting for the whole for the for the division, the whole league, of which there was probably two or three people from each club representing um, clubs. So there were big calls, and there were some quite bitter calls along the way. Um, yeah. For clubs with obviously vested interests in the position, or, or because they were just missing out on, on on either playoff places or automatic promotion places, so there, there was so it was a difficult time. Um, and some people that I've uh, you know, got a lot of respect for in the game over a long period of time really sort of showed their true colors during, during those calls. Um, but we kept our own council and, and we just waited and waited. I think the frustrating thing for me was that um, because I was representing the clubs on the call, call, I had to relay and relive all the information to everybody that I spoke to afterwards, you know, obviously the owners, the manager, um, Tim Fisher, the staff, and um, everybody, because it was such a difficult period, a surreal period of lockdown, everybody wanted to speculate as to what was going to happen. So i tell the story, what happened on the call, and... Speculation from all the people I've just met, and and it's natural, but it was just very, very wearing. You know, the, the speculation of getting us to the the end result was which, what which, well, I never had any doubt that uh, we we're going to have um, was 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 the wearing thing really. And uh, the, the the day it was actually de- delivered, I I came into writing um, into Martha's because obviously locked, we we were still in lockdown, mm-hmm. but we, we we thought the decision was going to happen on on the afternoon. And, and we got wind earlier in the day, so Mark, Mark Robbins came in as well, and um, he was sat in the office with me, and he was he was very nervous. Mark, Mark Robbins doesn't do nervous. Uh, <laughs> very, very nervous. He was strolling around, strolling around uh, and you know you can you see the anxiety in his face. Um, but uh, no, I, I never had any doubt that we were going to get to that conclusion, and, and happily we did.
3: Much of the other fantastic work, Dave, that's gone on behind the scenes is the Hummel deal. It's obviously produced some excellent kits now in the last couple of seasons. How pleased are you with that partnership?
1: Oh, it's been a breath of fresh air. It's been it's been it's been phenomenal. I, I don't know. I, I can find no superlative to describe it. Really, uh, yeah.
3: Similar for us with the kits. I mean,
1: yeah, and and. We, we, I mean, what we've got with, with, with Hummel, uh, Hummel is obviously a, a Danish company and uh, there's a company in, in the UK called Elite that's got the, the license to uh, to deliver Hummel in, in the UK. Okay. And the, the, the working relationship we've got with them is fantastic. Um, they've got a designer called Rob Ravel who's just outstanding. And um, I think he loves working with us because... We we put so much time and energy into the kit kit designs. I think I've spent more time designing football kits in the last four years than I've done in the rest of my whole work together. Um, and we do, yeah, it is, and um, there's, there's four of us in, in, in a little committee that, that sort of makes all the decisions about what the shirt should look like and, and what we're wearing, and, and that's Mike Reed, um, Tynan Scope, and Mark Hornby and myself. And, uh, yeah, we've had a, a, a lot of fun along the way. Um, but the designs, yeah, we, we're just delighted with the designs. Hummel actually came to us when, when Hummel wanted to do, we're pitching for the business. They, yeah. Was and that it was them that wanted to deliver um, last year's first team shirt, which was obviously um, you know uh, throwback. Yeah, a throwback to the the um, to the later eighties shirt when they, they had a couple of years with with the club just after the cup final win. Um, and, and that was their vision. Um, we then did a lot of um intricate design to that shirt internally with, with Rob's help. Um and then yeah the rat it just took off from there. We just we just we love it as well. It's just, it's a it's a nice distraction from from the real job really. But you know, yeah it's because um the amount of shirts that we sold last year we, we there aren't any records um uh, uh, there are records going back to to uh, of shirt sales in the Premiership sort of days already, but I don't believe that we will have sold as many shirts in the Premiership days as we sold last year.
3: Yeah,
1: I think that that will be the highest amount of shirts this club has ever sold. Um, obviously, the two tone shirt was a, a massive part of that, of course, and, and that, one, that that itself was a great journey. That came as you probably heard from, from an idea that we um, picked up from a. A supporter at um, a Sports Evening at the launch of the Bedworth and money mm. yeah, really, yeah.
3: Um,
1: yeah, and, and we, 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 you know, he said something to us, and myself and Tiny looked at each other, and we ran off with the idea and, uh, and made it happen. So, uh, um, yeah, that, that, yeah, the, the, the shirts have been excellent, and you know, I hope, uh, hope this year's shirts have been sort of equally uh, as well received, and um, yeah. The shirt sales have been phenomenal and and the the financial returns for the club have have been uh, um, excellent. We we more than doubled our uh, net income last season from the previous season. Brilliant on retail sales.
3: It doesn't um you know it's not a shock to us. We we put out a kit competition on our Twitter page for all of the Sky Blue's extra followers and and they they the final it was a knockout competition and they made it the two the two kits, so the original and the and the throwback. So mm. not a surprise to hear that they did so well. Mm. Moving forward with um kits, of course you mentioned there about the a uh, third kit from last season was, was fantastic. Is there any anything that's in in the pipeline for the Sky Blues, obviously going forward, um, uh, and also obviously the kit from the special membership, which was a really nice touch and, and looked great.
1: Yeah, the, um, the th- we are we are about to launch a, a third kit. Um, I can't put a timescale on that, but all I would say is it, it will be soonish, uh, okay. rather than later. Um, so it will certainly be in the shops and on sale. Well, sorry, in the shops. That's a year stuff because obviously the shop's not open at the moment. But it will certainly be for sale online uh, in, in time for Christmas. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's another exciting uh, project that we've undertaken. So I won't say any more. I don't want to spoil that surprise, but. Um, Watch, this, Watch space. this space, yeah. Yeah, and the, um, yeah, the, the, the membership kit. And, and, you know, at this point, I really should say thank you to to everybody that's, that's purchased a, a membership. Obviously, um, season tickets were impossible to put on sale with the COVID situation. Um, yeah. and, and I think the people were telling us they wanted to support the club. So we, we put this membership package to, together um, with, with the shirt being the sort of pinnacle of that. Course. and and yeah you know, the support from supporters just again has just been phenomenal um so we really appreciate every um that has been able to to uh, um purchase a membership that's been really been a big help for for the club um and the <clears> the <throat> shirt is due. Obviously, it's a bespoke shirt. It was it's been made to order with that with everybody's name name on there. Of course,
3: yeah.
1: So um, I think the the lead time for, for any shirt's about three months. So we're expecting delivery I think mid January of the shirt, and um, once it's in, in 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 sort of in situ and everybody that's uh, bought a membership's got one. We'll then obviously play one game in it, um, home game in, in the championship in the year.
0: Uh, Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Is it quite difficult to, to arrange that with the EFL or is it just with the shirt or is it quite?
1: It's, it's not the EFL, it's the FA. Um... Okay, Sure. Yeah, the FA, I have to say, have been quite difficult, particularly with the, the third shirt we're doing, we're launching now, and, and that will become clear, you know, sort of down the line. Um, their, their regulations are, are, are not particularly clear on what you can, can't do with a shirt. Sure. Um, and you know, I think, I think it's fair to say that that they, they've. Um, you know, they stopped us do going to the extent that we wanted us to do with some of the shirts. You know, you know, we, we, I think Rob Breville the guy that de- de- designs them, calls them a yeah. beauty, and and that's what we're trying to make. You know, we're trying to make something that is is something up there as you know part of history forever for, for Sky Blues fans. But uh, yeah, we, we've been, we've been sort of held back by yeah uh, um, FA legislation and regulations, if you like, uh, and so it. Uh, It's not always easy.
2: Yeah, sure well we're we're definitely excited to see to see what the third kit looks like thinking there's a lot of uh, different opinions going about what it could be so that'll be exciting mm-hmm. um or, or, but, says you won't be disappointed well I'm sure no we've got we've got high expectations now so <laughs> <laughs> no it's very exciting um another thing that was um, a, a little change in the summer was obviously the the sponsorship of the club um, the kit sponsor with with Boyle sports um just want to find out a bit more about sort of how that partnership came about and I guess how it sort of benefits the club commercially.
1: Yeah, I think, um, obviously going into the championship, the, the, the numbers that shirt sponsorships, um, attract in terms of the financial rewards change quite dramatically as you, as you go up mm-hmm. um, and they want the championship. So, um, I, I think at this point I should, you know, obviously thank all and also for their magnificent support over the years, um, not just financially on the shirt, but, you know, physically as well. They, 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 as a family, they, they were, they've been great supporters of the club since I've been here. Carl and Lewis are obviously the brothers that run else up and else up, and their dad, Gary, who's, who's known to a lot of people, and you know, their support both financially and um, in, in kind uh, has been brilliant along the way. But uh, I, th- I think you know, it became clear that they they weren't, They you know, were. Continue to, to take the shirts in in the championship. So, uh, um, obviously, the, the the options in terms of the monies you're looking to raise from sponsorship um, become very much limited to to, uh, to bookmakers, which is probably you know a controversial topic with with some people, but uh, yeah. they are the people that that, that pay the money. Um, so, know, uh, yeah, there, there were three or four. Um, Online companies and companies that, that were interested. But, uh, I think through the connection that we had with Birmingham City, um, all Sports indicated really early on that they, they wanted to be, uh, um, you know, they, they wanted to tender for it, and uh, they were the ones that came out on, on top. And uh, I have to say, so far, they've been uh, they've been good fun to work with. They've been decent people to work with. Um, you know, they've done quite a lot of social media stuff. Uh, which has been quite, um, you know, an additional attraction to, to, to you know what they've done with us commercially, and, and obviously putting their names on the shirt.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've noticed um, a few of the videos they've been doing with the players and stuff. Obviously, it's good to sort of drive that that social yeah, exactly. media engagement, isn't it? I think they did at some I, I haven't actually seen the footage but they they did something with, uh, they had a
1: darts match between us and, and Blues on, for just before the uh, the game on Friday evening um, which I believe we won so that, that, but I, I haven't actually seen that but lots of, <laughs> uh, lots of fun little things like that so that, yeah, they, they, yeah which I do I just think it keeps it
2: interesting doesn't it absolutely uh, yeah, so yeah. They,
1: uh, the partnership really
2: yeah definitely especially in lockdown when the fans want something to watch on online yeah it's great um, something else that um, has obviously always been superb at Accomplish City is the academy it's obviously produced some, some terrific talents um, how are things going with the academy and, and you know do you think we can still expect to see the next Callum Wilson and sort of James Madison coming through in the next couple of years yeah, things are going really,
1: really well at the academy. I, I, the timing of that question is quite appropriate. I, I don't know whether you you saw my program notes from the yeah, the, it is. Yeah, I just actually um, said in my notes that um, Dan Bolas is the new academy manager. is just celebrating his first anniversary in post, mm-hmm. um, and. He's done a fantastic job. He had massive shoes to fill taking over from Rich Stevens, who'd who done a great job. Uh, and uh, he, he's just taken us on to another level, Dan, uh, under mm. the difficult circumstances of the lockdown uh, that we've, you know, been through. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, the, there's lots of uh, players in there that we should be watching for. Um, Certainly ones that are Obviously, graduated recently. You know, we've got high hopes for, for Wilbur Parker, um, who's obviously breaking the squad. And um, you know, there's lots of uh, there's lots of younger players. As you may have seen yesterday, Ryan Howley signed his first uh, professional contract. Um, he's still a scholar. Uh, celebrated his 18th birthday on Monday and signed his first pro contract. He's very highly thought of, and lots of clubs um, we're, were looking at him um, during the summer and, and trying. Away from us, um, players like Harrison
2: Knee,
1: mm. and, and you know, there's this, there's, there's there's. I wouldn't say production on, but there's lots of names to watch out for coming through, um, so scholarship and, and beneath that. So, Brilliant. yeah, it's uh, obviously, you know, when, when we were in League Two, it was a lot easier to get players into the side from the academy, of course, um, yeah, the championship to produce championship players. Um, through an academy is a you know a far taller order than it is to produce League Two players. Sure, sure. Um, you know, we'll, we will continue to hopefully uh, keep that conveyor belt working because it's been you know fantastic for the club mm. and the players that come through it. You're
0: listening to Sky Blues Extra.
4: Within the COVID uh, world, Dave, um, obviously it's had a massive impact on the world generally. But what impact has it had on us on the club commercially? Well, it's had a big impact um
1: mm-hmm. obviously you know there are very few commercial activities that you can do ever you know a lot of our commercialities about about stuff that we do on match days that's just gone completely yeah um, the non football stuff like you know obviously we, we have our race day work uh, race course and our sportsman's evenings those sort of things that they they've all gone it's it's been massive you know it's just a a, a knock-on effect throughout the whole club and uh, you know we're we, uh, like, like everybody not just not just in football because uh, you know i think every football club's suffering but you know i, I would imagine that all, that all businesses are, are feeling the pain when, when you can't have customers through your door you're going to feel the pain and, and that's the the, the the situation that the country and the world finds itself in at the moment so we're no different to anybody else but um Obviously, you know we we need to get supporters back into the stadium yeah. as soon as we can, and uh, you know the announcement that Boris made yesterday is a start. Um, I'm not sure exactly when that will happen because we we're still not sure at this stage what 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 tiers that the. the, the yeah. Birmingham and, and Coventry will be in when we're locked down on this lockdown, but uh, um, y- you know we will do our best to get put support, supporters back in as quickly as we possibly can. And I think it's I think it's important for the fans. You know, like you said, you know, it's something you uh, something to watch during lockdown. Well, you know, we're all football fans. I'm a football fan. You're all. football yeah you've been starved of life football. Well, I've been fortunate enough to be able to go to see the games yeah. um, but, but you know we just need to get supporters back in to watch games um, and uh, you know if it's 2,000 to start off with then so be it then there's going to be 2,000 lucky people um, and the, whilst it, it probably won't help us financially um, it certainly you know it'll be a help to the, the team it'll start to create a little bit of atmosphere yeah in the stadiums and start to get you
4: know, people back doing what they love every Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's a release for people, isn't it? And for people's mental health, it's yeah. important that they, they have something to focus on. And football is a lot of people's focus. And without that, at the moment, it, it will affect people, won't it, Dave?
1: Absolutely. And, and, yeah, the mental health thing, Yeah, we've been concerned about all that all, that all the way through for... for mm obviously our own internal staff and players when we were in lockdown, but but for the mental health of our supporters, you know, we appreciate what we mean to the community and to our fans. And, and uh, you know, it's just vital that we get people back in stadiums as soon as we can. Yeah.
4: I think there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel now, hopefully, fingers yes. crossed. What are your thoughts on obviously the winter survival package that the government announced recently? Um I know you're not particularly happy about it. So, <laughs> w- w- um, uh, so yeah, go on. Just just
1: before we uh, just before we get my call, a friend of mine rang up, rang me up, and said you're not happy.
4: And I said no. <laughs> Even I'm not
1: um, happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not happy. I think the government uh, has left yeah, our clubs uh, AFL clubs. Hang uh, on, it's so to dry really. You know, I uh, really really welcome the support that uh, the government's given to the eleven sports. That has supported, and and, um, also noted in that that it hasn't supported cricket, which I told you I'm a big cricket fan and lover, and for them as well because they've had exactly the same problems. But you know, I I put the story out there last week. Um, I've written to the Prime Minister yesterday. Uh, I've written to uh, Oliver um, Dowden. I've um, you know I've written to all all the surrounding. Local MPs to, to, to ask them to, you know, lobby the government for, you know, for support for the EFL. I don't believe it's the place of the Premiership to uh, um, Premier League to to support us. They they do a phenomenal amount for EFL clubs and and below already. You know, I like think I said you know we we get in this Championship season we'll be receiving 4.6 million pound per. Club. Championship from from the Premier League um, before they're being asked to support. Us. So I don't think it's their place. I think the, the government should be trying to support um, everybody. And I, and I do believe that uh, you know football make you yeah, know in terms of our place in the, our communities, as we just said, you know, people's mental health and all the other things that go with it. You know, I believe that football is an integral part um, of. Uh, of the community it serves uh, up and down the country, and I, I think the government has to help us. Well,
4: how can they legislate for one sport and not another? Yeah, well, it just makes, makes no sense to, sense
1: to me. I, I find it difficult.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, I find it difficult to understand. Um And you know, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the Premier League, if we should come to shove, and the government don't do anything, but will you know I think the Premier League have always said that they won't let any clubs die. Yeah. Um, well, I think we're starting to get to the point now where we'll put, clubs will feel the pinch. You know. Oh, they will. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I read a stat somewhere that there were 10 EFL clubs that couldn't to meet November's payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure how they're going to get past that point. But they're, you know, they're, 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 there is going to be need support needed, um, if not from the, the government, then, uh, then the Premier League.
3: Yeah, I was going to ask that, Dave, because obviously championship clubs like ourselves and and maybe like Wickham, Luton, that that perhaps don't have parachute payments that come from the Premiership, they they need more support in in times especially like this. Is there any other avenues that you think that you know can can support, or is it is it really is the government and perhaps the Premier League, if push chance to I, I,
1: I don't see any, I don't see any, anywhere else. I mean, the the the, the question about the smaller clubs I mean the, the championship as a, as a league has got so many different sized clubs in it yeah, they're yeah. very difficult to there's not a one size fits all you know the, the, there's been talk about about a salary cap um, but again because of the relegated clubs with the parachute payments that they need to support them the massive contracts that they give players in the Premier League um, there's just such a disparity between um very difficult transition period as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, very difficult to find a balance, you know, for a salary cap. I mean, that's something that will be on the agendas um very shortly. But uh, I don't see us rushing into it. I think uh, League One and League Two rushed into it uh, mm. or rushed into it um, at the back end of their tenure in League One. You know, the last two or three calls that I was on as a League One club, when you know, during that frustrating period. That, that I talked about yeah that was
4: the
1: the, yeah. the 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 only other talk apart from how the leagues would be decided was was about salary caps um and you know i think that they've they found it very difficult then to get the right balance for for for, for league one which had a you know, a, a range of clubs in it so to 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 find the balance for the championships can be very very difficult i think
3: yeah. We've we've obviously heard about the fantastic support that the the, the fans have given the club of course with, with sales and we've had a really successful commercial uh, in that. but is there is there any more that the fans you know can get involved with of course things like I follow they they generate some some good reviews. Yeah. we've heard perhaps about how that's changed. Um,
1: yeah I, I follow is, is you know is one of the two real incomes that we've got at the moment that, that and, and obviously uh, retail sales um so i follow is, is, is essential to, to to you know current revenue streams and uh, you know i actually think it's a good product to, um i've only seen i only watched one game live once i missed a game last season i was away in spain and i watched the the Ackerman stanley um game on, on i follow and i was really presently surprised what, what a good product it was um and yeah, the, re- the revenue, you know, the, the match, you know, the, the match subscriptions, the £10 match subscriptions, um, apart from the VAT element in it, we, we keep all of that. Um, so, you know, that is, without, you know, turnstile income, that's a massive, massively important um, revenue for us. And, and obviously, equally important, it, it, it gives the supporters the opportunity to watch games when they can't come into the stadiums. Um, and there, We've done a piece recently about pirating, and uh, I know, it's yeah, probably you know, again an emotive to- topic amongst supporters. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I really would encourage people to to, to pay for the, through the proper channels rather than try and take uh, illegal streams, which you know the, the, the EFL are trying to close down at every opportunity. I think they, you know, they are, and will be looking to prosecute people that uh, that, uh, that that put them out there. But uh, yeah, a vital form
2: um, for mm. to us. Yeah. And obviously we've we've appeared on Sky, I think, four times already this season. with like the leads of of Championship last season. Um do we get a lot of revenue from that from being on Sky when we're at home? Is that a good yeah, source of
1: revenue? Yeah, yeah, absolutely is. Yes. Um, and that, you know, they've attempted to be on Friday nights, haven't they? So uh, mm. I've quite enjoyed the Friday nights at uh, and Andrews, um, yeah, we do. We get a set fee. Each club, the home and away club, gets a set fee, and um, you know, we we actually at the beginning of the season only budgeted for three games. Wow! So, so the fourth game on Friday against Blues became a real bonus, and uh, you know, I like a few more of those uh, if we can, because the, yeah, think you know, them that uh, uh, that you know will go straight back into uh, the running of the club
2: yeah definitely hopefully a few more this season um, yeah. and we, we saw the statement that came out recently around the, the Warwick University partnership and obviously the new stadium conversations um, when can we sort of expect to hear a bit more news on that and perhaps some some kind of more concrete plans
1: well as you can well imagine and understand there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes it got sort of held up during the first lockdown um, and then you know obviously when the uh you know, we had a sort of second wave. I know, um, what University had lots of uh, uh, of cases of COVID on campus, so they had to be concerned about. You know, obviously making the university function more more so than than obviously worrying about. You know, outside concerns so um i've got put back or delayed shall we say a little bit but no, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes There's this you know important meeting's going on this week uh, to, to, i think tomorrow and and thursday um so yeah they're they're all working towards uh, obviously pre um so i don't expect you know it's not something we can keep you know it's it's difficult to to, to keep saying Nothing as well. We're, we're conscious. Sure. Of, yeah, I mean, it's difficult balancing and, act, isn't it? I need, the supporters need to, to know what's happening, but to, I, I think the next announcement will probably be early in the new year. But there's a, just rest assured. There's a lot of work going on behind the scenes to to make that the, the next steps possible.
2: Yeah, sure. And um, I mean, the, more and more
1: importantly, you know, the partnership we have with Warwick University is such that you know I don't personally I think there's possibly a better partner out there you know they, they yeah. are they are driven to to to, to help us deliver this if it's if it's possible so uh, um obviously there's a long way to go a lot of hurdles to overcome uh, sure. all, all the all the normal planning hurdles um you know so and, and, and transportation issues so there's a lot of work to be done before we even get to the planning application but uh,
2: yeah
1: that work is sort of uh, in the process of being undertaken as we speak
2: yeah sure appreciate it. It's obviously very early days, but have you kind of thought about you know what kind of stadium you think the club should have, the sort of size and of where we're at now as a club? Have you thought about much about that yeah to be to be honest I'm not heavily involved with that
1: you know I have to say that uh, um the whole thing has been driven by joy it's her, it's her dream it's her vision um She knows what she she wants, I think it will probably be. You know, along obviously to deliver the stadium in the first instance is obviously the important bit, but I think she she would want to deliver something that has the ability to expand, you know, and be future proofed if if we need to. So, um, beyond beyond that, I I can't say an awful lot.
4: You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. What is the five year year um, five year plan for the club, and are we? You aim to build a sustainable uh, back to the Premier League, following like the Brentford model, Dave. I think the Brentford model
1: is a very attractive model. I think it's a model that we've sort of sort of, sort of followed in a mini way
3: mm-hmm.
1: on, on the way through this journey in terms of our our recruitment and our, buyer, you know, and, our and our selling. Um, you know, I mentioned Connor Chaplin earlier. And you know, for me, that was a it was a key piece of business. Um, we bought him for a, for a figure um, from Pompey.
4: Yeah, and
1: we we had him for a season. I actually think, had he stayed and played in this current group of players, he, he would have, uh, you know, he, he would have been a great success in, in in this group of players and all the football that we play. Um, it didn't quite work out, and uh, you know, obviously uh, Barnesy came along, and um, we actually made a profit on Connor—a quite uh, a financial profit—and we hadn't even we hadn't even finished paying for him. So uh, um, that's uh, for me—that's the way to do business. We sold the player before we'd even finished buying yeah. um, okay. cash flow. So, and we made a profit, and, and that's that's the way you, have, you you have to look, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, In terms of our recruitment uh, with with the the people we bring in um, and the people we brought in this summer. So uh, I think that's the only way you can, you know, without a substantial cash injection. um, And, you know, the owners are supporting it to quite a hefty tune, you know, under these current circumstances. Yeah,
4: of course. It's Um, it's, it's polishing in those rough, uh, rough diamonds, isn't it? It's like the players like Gustavo Hamer for example he's like a rough diamond and if we yeah. get him for like a season polish him and he usually looks at absolute talent and then sell him on for a decent fee that's the kind of model we're looking at no. isn't it don't it
1: you? is and I was thinking about Gus when I was talking about you've named him so yeah, yeah. he's probably been <laughs> the shining light of what we've done in the recruitment this year, and again we spent quite well by our standards quite a big fee on him. Um, but again, the way that we structured the deal is we we're paying that down to you know over two or three years. Okay. So, uh, and again, you know, if it goes well for, for for us and Gus, then then you know, again, we we will hopefully um, sell him for a substantial profit, and and we you keep moving the model on that way. So, so the bread yeah. was not dissimilar similar that. You know, they they paid. I think about two million for Ollie Watkins, and sold him mm-hmm. for thirty. So,
4: yeah,
1: I, I know. You know those numbers are probably way beyond us at the moment. But you know, in a small way, that's what we what we're trying to do. And, yeah. and not just not just um, Gus, but obviously you look back to the business we did last. You know, you talked about last year's um, promotion window, mm-hmm. um, August nineteen window, and you look at players like um, Frank Dabo.
4: Yeah.
1: Michael Rose, you know they had tremendous seasons, and uh, you know they've they've almost put themselves into those sort of brackets as well. Mm-hmm. They have, they have injuries during the summer, which mean that they haven't probably um, started the season as well as we would all have liked. But, but you know they're they trying to try get their fitness whilst whilst playing. They didn't have a, a close season, so uh, but that, but again, th- those type of players from you know, both both of them were were free transfers, you know, and both of them are worth, you know, quite a considerable amount in, in the uh, transfer market as we speak. So the you know, Brentford model is the sort of model we're working on. Um, and we we believe that's probably the only way we're going to generate the the, the, the budget to, to be able to compete at the next level within the championship. So when you talk about five-year plans, you know, that, that, that probably, you know, takes up almost your five-year plan.
4: Yeah, 100%. And what other agree ingredients do you think we need to progress the club, the club forward, Dave? Um, well, we keep working at all stuff that we do in
1: here at Wrighton, you know, um, keep trying to improve Wrighton, and, you know, the, 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 the facilities we got within, you know, we purchased um, in the closed season a um, Ultra G machine, which was a lot of money, and I mean a lot of money. Uh, yeah, it was like signing a, 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 it was the cost of signing a, a League Two player. <laughs> yeah. but, but what it does, it allows players to, to run without any gravity. So there's no weight, weight, weight bearing on. So mm-hmm. it's, it's meant we've been able to get people like Frankie, Frankie, and, um, and Michael Rose back a lot quicker than we might have done or would have done without the, the equipment. So, so things like that to become, you know, all, all the sports science we, we, we're looking at, you know, um, and just trying to improve it bit by bit slowly, surely as we go along. Um, so, you, you know, what we do off the field is almost imp- as important as what we do on the field. You know, you have to try and get all those little gains to, to sort of, you know, su- sustain, su- sustain your, your position in the championship, which is what we're trying to do this season, and then, you know, go, go again
3: yeah exactly, and you mentioned there about the sports scientists. We heard from you know some of the players that it was just it was great during lockdown that they had that regular you know um, upkeep i suppose with the sports scientists to keep them sort of on the on the boil um, I suppose you mentioned it earlier on about um, joy and, and sisu and and how they'd allowed you and Mark to sort of get get on with that and we've mentioned obviously about the, the stadium on a sort of day to day role is there um, h- how does that sort of work with the relationship?
1: Well, first and foremost, we 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 have an excellent relationship. Um, I don't speak to Joy that regularly, mm. two or three times a month, maybe um, sure. as and when need need to basis. Really, yeah. always very supportive um, of everything we do. Um, you know, people ask me what is she like as a person. I think there's a mystery around her. Um, she's she's a charming lady, but first and foremost. Um, she is absolutely passionate about Coventry City. Um, she's very, very knowledgeable uh, about the club, um, not only about the club but about the the industry as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, yeah. Uh, and and you know, she, she is very approachable. We, 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 myself and and her sat down with um, a couple of supporters, off Talk talk. Um, uh, uh, just before lockdown, we sat there for two or three hours talking, and you, you, you know, I think supporters would be very, very surprised if they had that opportunity. Yeah. Because, so, you know, she, she, you know, know so passionate about what we do. Um, yeah. You know, and that, I think that, yeah, that doesn't come across because I think because she's probably a, pri- a private person, you know,
3: and
1: uh, yeah, sort of uh, not like um, this, this social media. World that we live in, sort of once, really, but uh, but I think you know, as I said, she's trusted in Mark and, and then, then myself to deliver what we're doing, and uh, and um, yeah, she's, she's let's get on with it. We speak, uh, you know, speak sort of a couple of times a week to Laura Deering, who's sort of Joy's right hand lady at Sisu. Yeah. myself and Tim Fisher speak every day, you know, re, you know, without fail. So uh, that's the sort of uh, communication lines, really. But, uh, but they, 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 you know, within reason, they let us do what we feel we need to do to, to try and take forward.
3: Brilliant. And we, we also heard, obviously, you mentioned about some of the highlights of your day to day role, uh, including the kits, which is a good fun exercise, I suppose, away from some of the boardroom stuff. But just just around challenges in your role. What what is the, what are the most challenging parts of your of what you do?
1: Well, I think the biggest challenge we have as a football club, and obviously old Click Force to me it, you know is without doubt the fact that we're not playing in coventry. You know, we can't get away from that fact. Um you know, you know, it makes it difficult um to have any sort of long term sort of structure in place in terms of yeah when you talk about your five year plan, we've got that plan on the field but it would be so much easier if we could support it you know by being back in Coventry and selling to the businesses of Coventry into the businesses uh, and the community by uh, by being here in Coventry That so I think that's probably the most difficult challenge we face um, but we, we just get on with it we have, we have to you know you can only play the cards you dealt with can't you so uh, um we get on with trying to make the the best of it we uh, yeah every we try and trying to improve on what we do every day but that that along with the COVID has made it a, a very difficult to year this year I think.
2: yeah and there's clearly been a lot of um a lot of restructuring a lot of you know hard work that you've put in over the the sort of three years you've been here what would you say is your your proudest achievement in that time
1: I think the success, you know, um, you can't get away from the success. Uh, you know, I, I feel I've been a big part of that. Um, I, I, I try and support Mark with everything that he wants. Again, you know, it, it's all measured, but, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to sort of. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd like to think of me as sort of driving the bus you know, on, on, the, on the journey. You know, he's 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 the conductor, if you like. But I'm, I'm sort of driving it. So yeah, um, it's you know it's been an amazing achievement to go from you know when, when I walked into the club in, in March 17, it was a desperate place. There's no no, no getting away from that fact. Mm. To, to turn it around, now, we have done, uh, and to, to get the club back to you know obviously we're at the very least we expect to be I think as supporters the championship has just been an amazing amazing achievement for for everybody that's been on the journey really and we should all be proud of it I, I, I certainly am um, so and you know you talk about highlights I, th- I think for me I uh, the, 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 the talk about the Knox County game you know obviously we've had the two Wembley games you know, they, they're great the, the one thing that will always stay in my memory as long as I live was um, on the back of the the, the, you know, the promotion when at Wembley, the Open Top Bus Parade. Um, you know, we I said at the time, I thought that we probably had 50,000 people on the streets. I think looking back, I think it was probably, you know, probably double that. It was just an amazing night. and Yeah, like- incredible. Live in my memory, it was just it was just a phenomenal experience. And every you know we we milked it, going from right into uh, into the, the Guild Hall and you, you know we went around every every twist and turn, every corner we went. There was just thousands yeah, just hanging out of trees yeah. and out of bedroom windows. It was, just, it was just an amazing night. So that that was pro- probably the the highlight. Uh, you know, apart from the the success we've had.
2: Yeah, I never realised there were so many people in Coventry until that day. Yeah, that's phenomenal, wasn't it? So, yeah, but, brilliant. Where,
1: where did you guys? Where, did you guys um, watch the parade? Were you were you on the street somewhere?
2: I, I wasn't, unfortunately. I was, we I, a couple of us living down in London, so it's quite yeah. tricky to get to get back mm-hmm. up. But obviously, we were there at the games and stuff and, yeah. you know, at Wembley and all that. But but yeah, but again, it was terrific.
1: Again, when I talked about you know the forty six thousand at Wembley trade game, you know again not you on the box Just showed what this club means to the people of Coventry. Yeah,
2: it's incredible. Yeah,
1: it was. It
2: was yeah, yeah. And something you've you've touched on a bit throughout. Obviously, the the, the fans and the Sky Blue Army. Um, what what do you think of the support they've given? I guess the club and you know vocally to the team, particularly in that title-winning season. What what would you what would you say about them? not just in the title one season throughout the whole whole journey that i've been in the club
1: they've been nothing short of phenomenal um particularly away from home you know the the the, the vocal support that uh, that we've had away from home throughout the whole journey and you, you can think back at the game I mean, uh, i'm thinking back to the the peterborough game not last season the season before i i, I you know the noise that we made um that, that day was just phenomenal. The other yeah. side here, that day was just phenomenal, um, you know. And I'll talk about the Notts County game, but in most away games we've we've you know we've we've had that along the journey, and obviously the support, both in numbers. And I was not not quite the same. I, I think that the Rico obviously support sort of dissipated around the stadium, isn't it? When you're away from home, all supporters packed in, yeah. Yeah, and it creates that atmosphere at the Rico you know they're, they're spread around so it's not not quite the same at Birmingham I think we've had it at Birmingham because um, yeah, obviously all of our supporters were in the, the one standing the cop stand at Birmingham
2: yeah close to the pitch as well isn't it
1: yeah and I thought I thought we created a, a phenomenal atmosphere um, last season, and, and and that's why I think it's important we get supports back as quickly as we can because we want to try and regenerate that atmosphere again. But you know the the the, the FA Cup ties against the Blues, that you know, those were highlights. You know? Yeah, the, the first game, the nil 0 draw, um, when I think there was twenty three thousand there, um, we we were just magnificent. The support, the atmosphere was just incredible. So uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about the supporters. You know they they've been fantastic for the team you know generally been good for me uh, and you know your support is you know it's it really really has been appreciated and, and vital a vital part a part and ingredient of the success we've had mm.
3: brilliant david that's pretty much all we've got time for i'm sure the, the sky blues fans would be able to listen to you and, and we could talk for you um all evening but firstly i just want to say obviously thank you for coming on tonight but mainly I want to say on behalf of all of the Coventry fans, a massive thank you for your tireless work over the past three years. As fans, we feel that the club's really progressed enormously on and off the pitch. And I'm sure a lot of that is down to yourself. So um, obviously thanks for that. And thanks for coming on.
1: Well, thank you. I have to say that I, I love every minute of every day. I'm at Sky Blues, um, as do all of us. That that has been, again, a big ingredient of the success you know the, 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 the team spirit the camaraderie that we have within the club and the, and the building has gone a long way to, to what we've delivered so uh, it's been my pleasure I've really enjoyed it and uh, I'll you know, do it again anytime you'd like to
3: Brilliant. And listeners, do check out our partner, Shortland Horn, for the latest properties across Coventry. And as always, if you want to get involved in the conversation, all you need to do is use the hashtag Sky Blues Extra Podcast on any of our social media channels.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra
4: Podcast.